There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Irregular Bitches, the podcast for our midlife tribe who not only want to survive through the menopause, but thrive. We are here to bring the fun, the gallows humour and the gin. I'm Sarah Kaywood, once a 90s and noughties broadcaster and now a mum on the school run, desperately trying to get through that to-do list. And my co-host is lovely Lou Mitchell, who is a mum of teens and therefore reliving her youth vicariously through them. She went to the Leeds Festival last week. Hello. How was that? I can't think of anything worse. Yes, I love festivals, but I realise the festivals that I love are um, more for my own age group. Because (laughs) the proper Leeds Festival. Yeah. Well, it was. uh, There's two things about that. So at Leeds Festival, it is predominantly younger people. Which is fine, but just Duncan and I, that wasn't... In fact, the, the one of the longest queues uh, for the food uh, area was the coffee line, which was clearly all the parents who were literally just medicating themselves yeah. through the whole experience. Um, kids loved it. Absolutely loved it. It was dusty. It was kid-filled. A lot of drugs going around, actually. Really? You know, teen-filled, we should suggest. Teen-filled, not, not like not eight-year-olds. Kids, yes. No, 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 no young children, very few people our age. We were there because it was Johnny's birthday present to have a day ticket, he's 16, um, to see his favourite band. So the Arctic Monkeys were headlining, so we went along to, he got the train up, we arrived at mid-afternoon, saw bands that I've never heard of. Actually, we had the best time in the dance tent. (laughs) Of course you did, you're an old raver. It was fabulous. We really, we both really enjoyed that. Although Duncan did pee on my chip slightly because he told me I looked like Kevin and Perry when I was dancing. (laughs) (laughs) I said, that's not very part of the festival vibe. I'm allowed to do my Kevin and Perry dancing without embarrassment. And now you've peed on my chips. So that wasn't ideal. Um, So yes, not, not for us, not for us, but there we go. Kids loved it, and we didn't. We were very positive with the kids about it. So there yeah, you go. it's done, and we won't do it again. That's wonderful. He'll come with his mates next time. Um, <laughs> I just have to tell you because this has just reminded me. But um, I listen to Radio Two religiously because I'm an old bird. And on a Saturday, Dermot O'Leary um, has the Saturday morning show at eight o'clock, and he used to do a thing about old ravers, which you would definitely have qualified for. And this oh, yes. uh, this bit, this piece he did, used to be called One Foot in the Rave. Oh, fabulous. I'd love that. Isn't yeah. that brilliant? What producer yeah. came up with that? I was like, that's... And, and he'd basically get old ravers on to talk about their brilliant. rave days. And they would still be raving, you know. And I was like, oh, God, no. I mean, I'm... but you are... You're a proper old raver, aren't you? Well, yeah. I mean, I have been involved in um, organising a couple of raves back at university. Illegal ones? <laughs> of course. Hey! It's my girl. But we made a fortune. <laughs> Honestly, you've, that's it. You, you, you could have been a promoter. 
Could have been. Yeah, no, yeah. Need, no, needed to leave that, leave that at university. Yeah, well, <laughs> bravo you for going to a festival because the I did, I, I went on a friend's Hindu to Latitude a couple of years ago, and no, actually longer than that. She's got a baby now, so it's probably about four or five years ago. And oh, it, I love Latitude. Latitude's very yeah, lovely and gentle. I don't really, I, I mean, I, I, I always said I would never go to festivals without a rock star and a tour bus, and um, and I, you know, when I was going out with Adam from the Blue Tones, I managed the tour bus on many an occasion and I would generally have a production pass as well and I was spoiled well, that's a different kettle of fish that's a different festival vibe <laughs> so I would say so yeah production but areas, the rest of us toilets. still do yes still, the rest of us do still but latitude is very family focused the loser nice I just and... can't do I just need to be backstage babe well, there's nothing we could do about so, And I can't do that Having anymore. Having not ever been backstage, I have mm. no idea. So my my uh, my levels are lower. <laughs> I am no longer with the band, as Pamela DeBar would say. So festivals <laughs> can do one in Kaywood's book now. I'll just um I'll just read all the books. Anyway, irregular bitches. Our guest today is the producer of Davina McCall's two groundbreaking documentaries for Channel 4, Sex, Myths and the Menopause, which started the revolution. And she's also the author of Everything You Need to Know About the Menopause, but we're too afraid to ask. Thank goodness for both Davina and Kate Muir for bringing this baby out of the corner and taking it centre stage on the dance floor to do a fancy lift. We are all forever grateful. Please welcome Kate Muir to Irregular Bitches. Thank you. Hi, Kate. You all right? I'm very fine. Thank you very much. First of all, how did it all come about? Because I know you make documentaries. You have a background as a filmmaker, a journalist, um, film critic. But how did you come to do this with Davina? Did you know her or was it your idea, her idea? How, How... did it germinate? It, it came out of the total car crash of my own menopause, which I always say is not just the car crash, but the full Thelma and Louise off the cliff. I made a right Love mess that. of everything. Uh-huh. Um, I had, uh-huh. and I had no idea in perimenopause what my mad symptoms were. And the incredible thing that hit me was memory loss. I just couldn't remember the words for things like simple nouns like razor. I was writing shaver on my shopping list. And at that point, Mm. I got into my friends and I said, what are you all doing about this stuff? Have I got dementia? And they said, no, you need to get HRT. And no one had told me that. And these are articulate friends I went out drinking with every week. And we really, really hadn't crunched into the menopause. And And then I got my memory back. I stopped having heart palpitations. And I thought, I can't let this happen to anyone else. This is bonkers. Why didn't I know about these two weirdo symptoms, which were weirdo then, but obviously we all know about them now. Um, And so then I thought, right, I'm going to make a documentary. And I met Louise Newson, and I'd never made a documentary before. Uh, And we got money to make the documentary. And then lockdown arrived. Uh, they took away the documentary money and I had to think of a way of sorting it all out. <laughs> so I wrote a book. Oh and then God. I thought, right, I'm coming back with this documentary, even though I've never made one. And a friend, my friend Lorraine Candy, who does the Postcards from Midlife podcast, said, Davina would be really good on this. See if you can. So I rang her and she was driving back an hour in her car and we were yabba, 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 yabba. And we had really similar menopause <laughs> disasters in different ways, in a, in a really personal way. And we had this very personal phone call for an hour and I didn't know her, but I sort of did uh, the way that Davina is. Yeah. Um, and so we were both incredibly honest. At the end of the phone call, she says, I'm up for this. 
And I'm like, whoa! Uh, because, you know, you can't present a documentary like that unless you've got someone who can really change people's minds. And she was just such a yeah. powerful figure of health and happiness and wit and... And mm-hmm. rather than someone who was going to sit there moaning and go, oh, it's been really rubbish for me, you know. Uh, so I right. I was really lucky to meet her. And I was also lucky to hit lockdown and have to do the science work before I did the documentary. So I did all the research. Mm-hmm. So out of disaster came these two documentaries and there's going to be a third. So we will have a menopause trilogy. That was one of my questions. I was going to make a menopause trilogy. I just said, that's bollocks. Love it. And here you are. And you know why I think Davina's the perfect presenter for it? Because, I mean, obviously I met, I met Davina back in the day when I was broadcasting and she is one of the few presenters, I think I could probably name, name about five, that like her warmth radiates through the screen. And even mm. though I once read that she used to helicopter from Big Brother to her house in the south of France... Who knows whether that was true? You'd never so know relatable. that. She, so, but she is. Even if that was true, she's still relatable, which is amazing. And and she's just warm and kind and feels like your big sister. And I think that's what everybody needed. Although, you know, I would say that, obviously, Davina brings that certain je ne sais quoi to it, but you and Louise Newsom would have probably done an amazing job as well. But you've got to take, for those people listening that don't know telly, if you want something to get commissioned... Kate, don't you have to, you have to. Yeah, yeah, it was more than that. I mean, she really, really dug down into it. And as the years have gone on, because we've been at this since, you know, 2021, um, she's really, really, I mean, she's got Mm -hmm. the most amazing knowledge now of the whole area. And, you know, we send one another science papers at night. You would never have thought that. (laughs) Wow, that's amazing. I I, I mean, I do love it because... People look at her, I think, and they think if somebody that glamorous and seemingly has it all together can be this honest about what was happening, um, then maybe I can be honest with myself and my friends as well. Because I think that oftentimes the first person you need to be honest with is yourself. I had a good friend that was telling me for about two years that I needed HRT because my my PMT symptoms were getting so bad. So I was, it was the rage. Love the rage. Shall we talk about the rage? Okay, you tell me about your rage. I these are the items I threw during perimenopause at the kitchen wall, okay? So um That's another one of my questions. Blue paint, blue poster paint, <laughs> uh broccoli, um a butter dish <gasps> with butter in it, so all the bits all landed together in a terrible mess, a butternut squash, a very dangerous missile, and a copy of Nigella Christmas. Well, I'll give you I'll give you <laughs> I'll give you that last one. No one was injured, right? (laughs) I threw them at the wall. I do not throw things at walls. I'm not an angry person. It's it just came out of me like 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 I was possessed, literally suddenly possessed, Mm -hmm. and I was throwing things at the wall. And then everybody was really nice to me afterwards, and it totally cleared the air. And they just thought, "Oh, Mum's got a bit mad because you know, three children, dog, full time job, sick mother." All these things happening at once. I was bonkers. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I think so many women, you know, having lived through it, because you're not just a journalist researching it, you are a live example in the Petri dish of what's going on at the same time. (laughs) And you are also chucking things Mm -hmm. at the wall. I never do things like that now I'm on HRT. I'm like motoring along, calm, it's pretty well okay. You know, I maybe get angry again at people not kind of paying attention to the menopause or incredible unfairness in the medical system or something but I do not get angry at 
sort of people in that way at all. And you must have felt the same. Yeah. Mine was drinks against the wall, like you, not not at people, but it was whatever was in my hand, which seemingly is either fog and tonic or a cup of coffee. Didn't matter what it was, it got smashed against the wall in whatever cup it happened to be in, which is a huge amount. Do you know what it is as well? What I think, and that's why rage is exactly the right word. I don't want to clean that shit up. I don't want to spend half no. an hour, 40 minutes cleaning it up. It's that's red how mist. annoyed I was. Yeah. It's, it's and red mist. And there's no thought attached to it. Mm. But there must be this thing building up inside us. And I also think the, the other kind of great thing about menopause and perimenopause is it peels away all your soft layers of love and, you know, being just all floaty, lovely mum person usually or whatever kind of person at work. And you're terribly honest. And I think some of that honesty is absolutely brilliant. Just mm. not when it hits the wall, but, you know, that yeah. peeling away... All those yeah. sort of layers that are particularly our generation who've kind of done everything, I think, and, and have really managed to kind of hold a lot down, literally kind of pushing it down as well. And it suddenly bubbles up and we are we are shouting. And I think we need to. Yeah. And I think we need to acknowledge that that exists and, and we'll embrace it in a way because it's funny as well, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, my I never I have never thrown anything because I used to do that when I was younger, when I was premenstrual, and I've ruined really nice things that I had. So I will like, and, and my daughter has that in her now. She's eight, and I, she'll get something, and I'll be like, "If you break it, it's on you. I'm not replacing it." So like, I'm starting to. She's getting control of her, of her temper, and I, I have had a temper. I would lose it like a couple of times a year, but when, uh, but I, I guess in the, in the last three years, this red mist would come down, and I would, I would lose my shit. So I remember um, I've I've lost best friends. I have, um, you know, my marriage nearly ended because um, six of one half dozen of the other, perhaps a little bit. But I was not coming from a calm perspective to try and, you know, work out what our issues was. And I was cl- once I was clawing up my face and I was on my bedroom floor and I was just going, somebody help me. And I actually I've said, Lou knows this, I've said that if if somebody... Um, if a therapist had walked in the room at that moment, they probably would have had me sectioned that day. And it was all, by the end of the day, it was gone. Like you said, Kate, that the calm comes very quickly after the storm. Um, but the storm is just tornado-sized and terrifying because mm. I felt really out of control a few times of my... And people would trigger me. So somebody um, sent me a text message um, that really triggered me. And I voice noted them back and I was like, <laughs> just keep me alive! And I was screaming. And I must have sounded like a crazy... No, it must have sounded like a crazy person. but it, And I was on HRT at the time, but that was when I realised, I rang the doctor, and I was like, I, I was on the gel. And I was yeah, like, I don't cause... think I'm absorbing it because this is not me. So it was that, again, going back to that one size fits all. And now I take the two pills and they seem to really work for me. And I, like you say, there's a sort of zen-like calm now. Like my husband, he edits this, so he's going to hear it. But sometimes he can just, you know, really get upset with me and should be shouting at me because he's tired or I have done something wrong or something. And I'm just like that. It's real it's exorcism, isn't it? It's menopause, the exorcist. It's, <laughs> it's absolutely bonkers. Is, is that the name of the uh, the third? <laughs> the third <laughs> one. <laughs> uh, head spinning, pea soup puking. <laughs> Irregular. Bitches. Did you have any idea, Kate, of the impact they were going to have because in the second documentary Davina talks on camera about the fallout and she was like and even now I'm still getting 
thousands and thousands of messages and she said she just I think it was, it was all out there and there were deal. many menopause movements who are wonderful all coming together but they were quietly kind of in some ways bubbling under and then we just provided a kind of center for the mass scream actually didn't we um and and I what I thought with the program we had no idea whether it was going to go anywhere at all and it got sort of just over a million on its first evening up against a big football match and then by the end of the week it got two million and that was the point at which we realized everyone has told their friends because that's not how television programs usually behave like documentaries and so it had kind of gone viral Davina had gone viral and also we'd have you know we'd opened up to these conversations on podcasts and in the newspapers and you know the honesty that you know once someone had told their story then everybody else was telling their story and no one was embarrassed anymore um, and, you know, people like Diane Danzabrink, who's done a wonderful bit of work also, you know, on the menopause, who were, were also talking about it. I think that hot, that whole movement funneled up and we, we, we awoke a sort of sleeping army of Amazons, you know, who wanted to talk about the menopause. And it's, you know, it's the big issue of the feminists of, of our generation in, in, in one sense and in an intersectional way. It, it truly is. And it's been so neglected. And my you know, my real interest later on after having done the initial work was in where's the science and why isn't it there and why is no one funded it and why when ordinary women can see that this is a hormone that's the same as the one in my body, it's body identical, it's much safer than the other hormone and here's the old hormone that was made from horse urine and synthetic progestin and why would I be given the old synthetic thing? No. And why aren't I be given something, you know, that on the whole for most mm-hmm. women is much safer? And once, you know, smart women who are good at the wellness and health space start looking at that conversation, they get really angry at the lack of information coming from the medical establishment and, you know, the control of which Big Pharma has over what we're putting in our bodies. So I'm I'm very, very interested in speaking out about the lack of research now as well. And Dr. Finn, the menopause med the menopause medic was um was highlighting exactly this with regards to I asked why do our GPs initially just um give us estrogen and progesterone and not testosterone? And she said fun- the fundamental easy answer is lack of research. And that cuts through female the testosterone thing is shocking, issues. isn't it? Because it is our biggest hormone. Board, and I don't know if you're on it, but I'm on it. I just got it uh, two days ago, at, no, three days ago, uh, at the Royal Free uh, Menopause Clinic. And I'd had it privately, but I wanted to put all my whole stuff together underneath the NHS uh-huh. and not have to kind of sneak around going to get a private tube of testosterone. So I was on the waiting list for six months. I tried twice with my GP before that to ask for it. Uh, I went to the Royal Free Menopause Clinic and I went to gynecology and I said, hello, where's the menopause clinic? They said, we don't know. And I said, uh, I've got an appointment. And they said, oh, that might be under community gynecology in a different building, is it? Oh, okay. So then they sent me to the other building, community gynecology, I wander in. And then I say, is this the menopause clinic? And the woman goes, mm. And I go, oh, I've got an appointment. Um, and then I look around for a sign that might say menopause clinic. I mean, it's not there maybe every day, but it is. that's where it is. And I find lots and lots of leaflets on contraception and mm-hmm. lots of posters on contraception. And I'm thinking... 
There's not a single poster here on the menopause, which every single woman gets, and not every single woman is coming in for contraception, you know. And it, and I just thought, there's no leaflet, there's no nothing. We're in a dark kind of place at the back of a very good London hospital. Nobody gives a damn. And, you know, I had a quick consultation. Mm-hmm. I got the testosterone. They said, oh, it's in a pump. So it's actually the man-sized blob. So you have to take half of the blob and put it in a little tub in the fridge uh, <laughs> and just use half the blob every day. Oh, I'm God. going, you know, and then I thought, well, what, you know, what if we use it as hair gel? What if someone eats it? You know, and, and, and it's just like, it's absolutely daft. Obviously, you just dispense a lot of it and work out that you need a pea-sized blob every day, etc. But it it's just the idea that that is the conversation you go in and have. And the the number of barriers, okay, and I know exactly what I'm doing. I know exactly mm. what I need to say. Uh, you know, I've written a chapter on testosterone. I know much more than the doctor prescribing it. And, you know, it's extraordinary. And the other thing we did when we did the teleprogram last time, I actually did some real testosterone tests on the women who were, came and did little videos for us. And so what I got them to do was do a test at the beginning before they took the testosterone of learning very long phone numbers. So they'd get a nine figure phone number and they'd have to type it quickly back into their computer. Some of them could only remember five or six figures at once. That was where the phone number kind of, and it, it was a sort of proper cognitive test. So a lot of them were coming in with a five or six mm. out of 10. And then we did it to them three months later and they were getting much, much higher. They were maybe getting eight or nine out of 10. So that was really interesting just to see the improvement in their memory. And we also made them do sort of, kind of tests where you had to think about two things at once you had to click on a thing with hearts on it and diamonds on it and move it around you know it was one of those very annoying cognitive tests and they did it before and they did it afterwards and they performed better on doing two tasks at once basically um didn't have time to do all that in the program and also it wasn't scientific I just had like six people doing it and it was for our own interest. But I was, we were thinking in the program, they're all going to talk about libido. Obviously, we like libido in the program. It's it's always good to have a bit of sex. Sex sells, what baby. They talk, <laughs> what they talked about most was energy, sharpness, feeling really on it. So that was really interesting. They talked about the mental effect 10 times more than they talked about the libido, which they were pleased with. They were absolutely delighted. But it was that wasn't what it was about. And that is what we need research on. And there has been research in Australia. And the woman who did it seems very frightened of her own research and says it's not important enough. And she spoke to the British Menopause Society a couple of months ago, Susan Davis. And she was head of the International Menopause Society. And I interviewed her for my book about testosterone. And she was quite strong on the mental effects and now seems to have pulled back. And I'm really interested, is there some sort of movement that doesn't want us to get testosterone? Why isn't the British Menopause Society out there fighting for us on this hormone? And I, I, I just wonder what's going on. Is it completely safe, Kate? It's great. It's really, really great. I mean, you put on 10 times the amount of testosterone you've been prescribed you might grow some hairs on your chin. Um, but uh, what I use is what I had when I was 40, perhaps a bit less. So I'm using exactly, and you know, my daughter who's 22 has twice the amount of testosterone in her system than I do. She's not hairy. 
you know, it's, it, it's, it's, you know, the idea that actually one of the, the things it says in the kind of very technical bits of medicine about what might happen, it says your clitoris might grow a bit. You're like, oh dear. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> We're here but, for you know, it. <laughs> None of this seems to have happened. Irregular. Bitch. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Yes. What do you think will change moving forwards, Kate? What ha- what has to change? Well, I think with the menopause in general, um, the conversation really needs to get very, very practical. And I also think there's a huge um, corporate thing going on around the menopause and femtech and people making menopause potions and menopause creams. And most of them are no better than something you could just get in your supermarket. And they've got a big menopause. This will save your hot flush label on it. So I think there's a huge commercial exploitation of the menopause happening. And lots of people selling snake oil. And a lot of people going in and say, I'll tell your whole company about the menopause. Here's how to make reasonable adjustments at work. And this will change women's lives. No, no, no. What we need is practical help and possibly, you know, help with mental health as well. Um, So very much, I think we need a complete overhaul of doctor's knowledge of HRT and also doctor's knowledge of prescribing to women who can't take HRT, that there are solutions that are not just antidepressants, that some blood pressure medicines work. And we need research into things like, and I know you've had a program on this, uh, CBD, uh, hybrid Mm. CBD oil and how that can make a difference. What else can make a difference? Um, you know, obviously meditation and all these things help, but this is very much the kind of lucky middle class people who've got time to sit around looking after themselves. And I think if you're in a really tough job, you know, working particularly, say, in the NHS, you know, I've got friends who are nurses who, you know, they're always doing a 12 hour shift and you cannot sit around beside your fan at your desk. You need solutions. And so I think we really, really need that menopause clinic, you know, in that hospital to work for the staff of that hospital. But Mm -hmm. there's a big sign that says go down there, you know, that there are menopause cafes. So we really, really need to keep fighting the fight and very much for the whole sisterhood and not just those who can Mm -hmm. go and find the the fancy, you know, or the fancy private hormones or whatever. It should be a sort of God-given right to us as women to have our own hormones back. And for 80 to 90% of us, 
This will make a huge difference in life. And I think the big argument next, which we are very strongly making and talking about, is how does HRT affect my long-term health? And now that we've got these fantastic um, studies, there's one came out in um, May-June in the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology magazine, and they studied the about half a million women in the UK database. And they looked at their prescriptions and they took 43,000 women who'd had breast cancer and 430,000 to balance it out who had not had breast cancer. And they looked at what HRT they were using, what specific HRT. And the ones who were on the old HRT, which we know didn't do well in the World Health Women's Health Initiative study, mm-hmm. ones on the old HRT uh, had a tiny raised increase of breast cancer. However, the ones on the HRT I'm on, which is the body identical regulator stuff, you know, estrogel and eutrogestan available on the NHS, had a tiny bit lowered increase in the uh, decrease in the risk of breast cancer so basically there was no increased risk for Mm. those of us who are on body identical hormones so the whole conversation about risk is irrelevant and although there's not been you know a randomized control scientific trial if we can just look at the prescription data of half a million women in our country and see what's happening to them then i would rather go on that knowledge and going from that point so we're looking at HRT being really, really on the whole safe for most women. At that point, the question is, do we want to get osteoporosis? Do we want to get heart disease? Do we want to get type 2 diabetes? Do we want to get colon cancer? Do we want to get macular degeneration? Now, those five things and more are lowered by using HRT, body identical HRT. And osteoporosis, if you've got the start of osteoporosis, and you go on HRT, some of the scientific studies that I've looked at have shown bone density growing by 3% a year. Now, that's a kind of miracle, isn't it? Do you yeah. want to have a Zimmer frame or do you want to go on HRT? You know, these, this is, nobody's looking 20 years ahead and they should be. And you know, here we are, we've got this incredible gift for women's health. We've got this thing that is going to stop women dying of heart attacks because it's going to, you know, look after their blood vessels and keep it all elastic. Basically, you know, it's your WD-40 in your body. And nobody is (laughs) understanding that, right? Um, But, you know, you think, right, a hip operation, £15,000 for the NHS. And, you know, lots of those older women die after their hip operation, don't they? Um, You know, HRT per year, I don't know, £120. I mean, the, it's, 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 you know, it is your miracle drug. And the idea that, we, you know, it's so marvellous to, to do it naturally. No, it's not. It, you've got a long-term hormonal deficiency that in 20 years' time is going to make you suffer. And yes, you'll have to walk with creaking joints or you'll have to take statins or, you know, you'll be miserable because you'll have to have, you know, a cataract removed. And you think, wow, all these things are affected by me losing my estrogen and probably testosterone and progesterone, but nobody's researched it properly, of course. Um, And you just think, wow. So that's why I sort of keep battling on, because I just think this doesn't need to happen. We don't need to live these lives. Mm. And, you know, we don't need to live these semi-invalided lives uh, as much as we do. And, you know, I I want to live the next 20 years, you know, partying. I don't want to be limping around. Um, and, you know, why aren't we talking about that? 
So the bigger was... picture is is women's health in general, isn't it? So and that we have to pass that on to our daughters. We we can't we've got nothing to look back on or very very little to look back on research wise. And, and like you say, the 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 room. I've got an image of of a sort of a clunky sign in the in the corner of the room for the menopause clinic that you couldn't find. You know that we need to we need to change that. And I think I think we are we we're we're starting to. But the whole women's health in general thing drives me bananas because it feels like a fight. Yeah. Mm. The other thing that really worries me about the menopause movement, and I'm quite involved because I I do, I've got a thing on Instagram called Meno Scandal, where I talk about, you know, the issues of the day usually, um, is that women who are saying, oh, you should take HRT, you should take HRT, you should have HRT after breast cancer, you shouldn't. There's a debate of people saying they're wrong, we're right. And, you know, absolutely, there should not be a debate. We should, what we should be doing is everybody is pro women's health. Everybody is pro the different ways of looking after women. And these are your choices and you need to make your choices, but you also need to make really well-informed choices. And I think women need to know everything and not just one point of view. And I really, really hate, and I try not to get involved in any of these sort of Instagram fights because I think the issues are far, far too important. And there's not anyone Mm. I want to see not being given the information that will be good for their health. And so, you know, there's just a lot of, also just a lot of people kind of, again, like I said, making money going, oh, have you got hot flushes? This is our fan. You can wear this kind of nighty. What about the night sweats? And the first thing they Uh should be saying is, have you looked into, even in perimenopause, how to get HRT? And that should be the first question. Then there should be the second questions because maybe you want to cope with it differently for a while or whatever. Fantastic. But... But you, we really, really need to have a strong medical agenda, I think, yeah. Irregular bitches. The feedback we get from our listeners is often, because obviously I, I'm on HRT, Lou is now on HRT, mainly because she read about the preventative benefits of it, apart from uh, having bad sleeping problems. You are, Kate. And uh, I do have a lot of people that say, what happens if I can't take it or it doesn't agree with me? Um, are, the, are, are those medical... Um, investigations happening are you know or are they finding out that actually most women can take it what what do I say to people that come up to me in the street and say you're not addressing that Sarah yeah I mean it's no no nobody's doing research no there's not much being done whatsoever on that there is there's one kind of group um who are researching into this thing called neurokinin b which basically is about blocking hot flushes but and, mm-hmm. and they can block hot flushes, which is great, but that doesn't necessarily affect the whole estrogen in the rest of your body and your brain. Um, and so that really, it's, it's not enough. I mean, what doctors need to do is to be better at prescribing HRT. And they don't know things like, you know, I have my own HRT disaster for a number of years, which was, I kept bleeding all the time. It happens to so mm-hmm. many women. And eventually we worked out, I needed the marina coil and progesterone at night. And once I had the two working together, I stopped bleeding and it was perfect. Now, a lot of doctors would say, off you go get a hysterectomy. <laughs> you know, there, there are all sorts of other things that could, because I had fibroids and I was using HRT and it, I'm a complicated case. Mm. And I fought it and fought it and fought it. And um, now I've ended up with it all being okay. But there are lots of women out there who don't know that there are all these possible alternatives. And there are lots of doctors who don't know that there are all these possible alternatives. And just like you were saying, Sarah, you tried one kind of HRT, it was wrong for you, you weren't absorbing the gel, because we've all got different skin. 
and different coloured skin also observes, you know, there's all sorts of complexities we just do not know because nobody's researched it. But we do have the truth of women. And I think this is the whole story around the menopause. We have the truth of what we say. And we know it to be true. And we were all afraid of saying, I feel like this. I've got brain fog. I've got these hot flushes that make me want to die. You know, and we were afraid to tell our truth to everybody. But it is how we feel. And even though medicine is not researching it, we know that that, that's what's there. And we know that, you know, this HRT is not working for us, but another kind might. And, you know, patch works for someone, you know, different kind of gel works for someone. Um, And it's just important to keep going back. But your doctor, you know, they don't have that much time. We need experts. We need menopause clinics. And in the end, it would save the NHS billions if they gave us two HRT appointments and sorted us out. You know, that's all they need to do. And the idea that we wade through this chaos, just as we do with the pill, we've all been on five different pills because one gave us big tits and the other one made us depressed and this one made us feel funny. (laughs) And that's how we treat teenagers and 20-somethings on the pill. They just get, you know, they're guinea pigs. We're guinea pigs too. And we don't need to be guinea pigs, I don't think. So we we should be treated better than that, you know. And I don't know, I'm angry. (laughs) Uh, We we all are. But that's... (laughs) But that's where we start, isn't it? In fact, to that end, why do you think now is the time that the menopause revolution... I tried to do a word, menolution. It didn't really work. I tried. Uh, But why do you think now? Why do you think us? Do you think it's because... We, we were the sort of girl power from the, you know, the 90s and noughties and, and the 80s, the riot girls, that sort of feminist movement. Do you think that's that's where it all stems from or is it just that... We've no, I think, I think... We've had enough, yeah. I think, that, I think that's true. I think we're Generation X. I think we fought so hard for equality in the workplace and changed the workplace. And we've also come up through... I, I was previously involved as a film critic in, in Time's Up and the Me Too movement in, you know... 95% mm. of films being directed by men when I started as a film critic and now that's no longer true but that sort of male vision that we have just punched through on so many fronts and then you know the menopause movement kind of came after the Time's Up and the Me Too movement and I think you know we, we've, we've just fought so many battles and we've suddenly come up this thing and this silence and we're going like no way we are not doing this and we're articulate and we're used to talking about our health and our mental health and whether we've been on the pill and having babies so we've talked about all those things in public as a generation and here's the next thing and oh god we're making a lot of noise and it's fantastic i'll tell you what it's really joyful Mm. isn't it because i mean when do you get to go on a podcast with two people you've never met and you're immediately talking about, you know, the size of your clitoris, and it's fantastic. Yes, that's why. I love this world. I have just had such a wonderful few years going into rooms and going, this happened to me, and then someone tells me their story, and then someone says the next story, and then the fourth person says, oh, that's my story. And and we are such good storytellers at passing, you know, these on. And, and it so matters because menopause is about, five million different stories and each one is different as we're we're just aware that we each have a very different menopause and I I have found this community to be extraordinary and sort of instant friendships you know over Instagram over all sorts of things 
And, you know, mm. people like, um, I met Karen Arthur on kind of, I was looking, you know, I was going, where is oh, the black menopause movement, right? When I was making yeah. a documentary and I was Googling and Googling, I couldn't find it. And I was Googling black women, realized I should have been Googling black sisters. Once I started Googling black sisters, I entered into this portal Fabulous. to where I was yeah. Uh, and I realized oh. Karen was really raw after the sort of beginnings of the, the Black Lives Matter movement. And what she was posting was really interesting. And then oh, yeah. I got in touch with her and talked to her. And then she agreed to come on the program. And she made this extraordinary beginning to the Davina program where she just punched through the kind of menopause wall. And also, you know, oh, she's, she's a close designer. So she was this joy of sort of riot of color and intelligence and kind of confidence um you know there were people like that that i met and you know that, that they've changed my life and they've changed lots of other people's lives uh yeah. just by popping up like that and 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 i i really respect what people are doing and what people are doing for nothing because most people are not getting paid anything for this and or very very little i um th- it makes me feel very proud kate that you just mentioned two formula formula former there it goes the brain fog former irregular bitches guests because that was exactly what we wanted and what lou and i want to do is remind women that we can laugh about this that we can have fun that we can have a good moan we can have a good drink we can educate ourselves with wonderful women who know what they're talking about like you and all the menopause doctors but also that it's not awful and it is just a shift as you know, uh, what well, it's about solidarity, isn't it? Yeah, it's about solidarity. So it is about sisters, sisters, sisters looking after sisters, and I think for a long time, you know, because famously women turn on each other. Do you remember the start of the Big Brother? Weirdly, that obviously Davina did. Um, you know, it was always the girls that would turn on each other in the house, and uh, and I think that is one of the big things for me that's changing with with this menopause revolution is that we're all starting to look out for each other again and and it's so, we're honestly so grateful for you coming on Kate it's been completely eye opening i mean i've just been transfixed by everything you've had well, to say well i i was just wondering if you're able to give us a little idea of what the final part of your trilogy yes. of the documentaries is going I to cover i think it will be covering relationships and men and the because of course Love it. Disaster for so many of us that, you know, you were saying, Sarah, you, you, you came close to divorce. I did divorce. Yeah. Um, mm. And I wonder what would, mm. there we are. I, I just wonder, well, of course, divorce peaks in perimenopause, you know, as does suicide. Mm. And, you know, there's, there's this incredible change. Oof. And we need to ha- realize how to cope with it as men and women or two women together as partners or whatever it is or non-binary people yeah you know there are all this is a this is a really dangerous moment and it's also a great moment and it's about negotiating that relationship leap forward and i found since we've been doing this that men have been brilliant i mean i go into a workplace Mm. and you know there's all these men in suits and they're at the back of the zoom going oh i wish i wasn't here and then by the end, they're going, oh, my God, so we can do something about it. Oh, that's great. And they're very practical. They're like, oh, fantastic. I'll tell my wife. I'll tell my girlfriend. You know, and um, yeah. you can realize you have this huge kind of holistic effect on the community uh, as well. Um, so hopefully we will be tackling that. And we also want to tackle the, the whiteness of menopause at the moment, I think, probably. I don't quite mm-hmm. know. Cool. Uh, we'll, see, we'll see how it goes. And goes. also... <laughs> 
I think it's important as well um, to educate because I think men in the workplace is one thing, but also I've spoken to friends um, who want to get menopause education in the workplace for the younger women mm. because apparently younger women can be really like she's a nasty, moody old witch. You know, I'm really quite ageist towards their menopausal sisters. And as Nadine Baggett said in a former episode, they are prejudicing against their future selves. Yeah. Really, you know, they're hating on that it will happen. This is what I say to people who are a bit in denial about the menopause or, you know, they, they think it's a bit dry or I'm still I'm still moist and all of that stuff. And it's like it's coming to you. It's like a train down the track and you might as well educate yourself and be ready for it before it, it knocks you sideways and be kind and be kind. Yeah, and be kind. I remember what it was like to be 20 and hate on 50 year olds like me. I remember it vividly. I thought we were all like old hags but you know we're not we are 90s and noughties birds who are really rather fucking fabulous irregular bitches so kate i just thought i would make you aware that you are actually responsible or potentially responsible because i'm not 100 percent decided but i think i'm there for my next tattoo <laughs> what is that really <laughs> this is news to me too kate not your face on my leg don't worry <laughs> yeah no i <laughs> I've I've taken it from your book and I I think you could probably work out what it is but I read it and I kept going back to it back to it back to it and I I think I think it's my next tattoo and it's metamorphosis not Aww, misery That's fantastic. I <laughs> love that and I think that fits in perfectly with uh with what we're all trying to do and uh yes it worked on my back so i'll let you so know i will send you a photograph really moved. <laughs> it takes me a while it takes me a while for for stuff to land but i can i can see it across my wow. back so if i go ahead i will absolutely send you a photograph so thank you because i've only got one big one big other tattoo it's not like i'm covered <laughs> but this this could be my second big tattoo so i love thanks. that Lou. Yeah, it's amazing. That's amazing. amazing it's fabulous metamorphic is not misery absolutely yeah. yeah i won't try saying that this morning my brain fog is at its way it's before i eat it's very bad oh lou that's thank amazing. you for sharing that that's just that's epic and as i said thank you so much for joining us kate we appreciate your time so much keep on taking our cause to the masses be angry be forthright be on the front line and send uh, our love to Davina and tell her she's uh, welcome as a guest anytime I love her will you please give her a big Kwood Scrooge because she always was so warm and kind to me in the 90s when I was a little pipsqueak and I was just nervous to be in a room with all these celebrities and she always put me at ease and I really appreciate that she's wonderful um, that's all we've got time for for today as ever thanks to my hubby Andy for producing and editing and to Jake at Choposaurus for our titles music and massive thanks to Kate for being our guest now just before we go we have a huge favour to ask we want to keep making Irregular Bitches because we think it's an important space for midlife women to both educate themselves about perimenopause and menopause and then laugh about the whole sorry mess with a large G&T so we need you to share the fuck out of this podcast I make no apologies for the swear word tell friends family share on your socials and keep us in the pod sphere people like share and review my girls last word to lulu though because we know she likes to have it <laughs> always and that's stay cool bitches
Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.